Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and across from me, as always, is the hostess with the mostess, Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, man? Well, it's so nice of you, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, but not everything. Mr. Nathaniel, just about everything. Yeah, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. And, you know, I, you know my Indian name that, that we came up with, I think, is... Is old and needs changed. Yeah. It used to be walking with trees because I'm tall, and I think that that's too obvious. Well, and you want to shy away from 6-8 gate, so you right, don't exactly. really want to bring any light on that. Right. I want to yeah. bury it with my emails. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. So I was thinking the other night, and actually Stephanie came up with this one, is uh, my name is Charles, the one who knows more, uh, Tom- Chuck Thompson. The one that knows more than, than you do. the one who knows just about everything there is to know about everything? No, just the one who knows more than you. About, does that apply to everyone or just me? Well, it, it includes you probably. Yeah. But I wasn't going to come out and so say that. So whoever comes out, it's just you know more. Right. The only thing you don't know is that we don't use the term Indians anymore. That's deemed offensive. We call them Redskins. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the proper no, term. The proper now. term is Native Americans. Yeah. You know, just so you know. I don't know if you know that, but we were having a Didn't great. They all come from Africa. Everyone, according to Pangea's, I, I think pretty much. Was that it, in the movie Pandora or something? I don't know. It used to be one thing, and then climate change happened, and it all separated out. That's now, what. I, but now, that's what I heard. Now there's people that are native. Yes, it's. It depends on how far back you go. Really, it I'm, depends on what your timeline is. I thought we believed in evolution and Pangeanism. Pangeanism. <laughs> we had a great conversation about one of the best movies ever called Forrest Gump in the pre-show. If you want to get on the pre-show, go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. And uh, if you think that there's a movie better than Forrest Gump, then tell me why, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Yeah. Okay? Don't just, even just, at me. Don't even at me. Don't at me, bro. <laughs> don't even come at it. Uh, so we did not do an episode on Friday. I uh, missed everyone. I, you know, I'm sure you were thinking about them on your backswing. It was for sure. I was. Yeah. That's why I didn't play very well Friday because I played great Saturday. Friday was not a good day because the whole time I was missing all of you lovely folks out there. Mm-hmm. I didn't miss you. How many beers it's in were you? Good to get away from you. Like eight by that time. Uh, around At there. At what beer level do you start sucking really bad? I had. Um, I can't remember, honestly. I think I had four truly. Sounds like a good tournament. Four trulies and like eight cores. Twelve. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was there for like six hours. So you weren't drinking like any good beer? No. Okay. No, this is the light cup. I got gotcha. you. The light cup. Yeah. Okay. There's no, it's 98,000 degrees outside. I'm not going to be drinking IPA. <laughs> Nathaniel I Paul. Would. I would. I'd be dr- drinking hop stupid out there or something yeah. like that. You'd be out there with a chocolate milk stout. <laughs> Oh, God, I hate those. No way. No way I would do that. Peanut butter fudge, Jesus Christ out. So we got a lot to catch up on. Okay, so there's there's a lot of news out there. We got some hilarious articles in here. We'll talk about what's going on. Coronavirus is still a thing. Um, Everyone's still sick. All kinds of stuff going on. One of the annoying things I've seen, by the way, and I don't have the number right in front of me, but I keep seeing this number like there's 4 million coronavirus cases in the U.S., you know that's what that's what they'll say. So what I've what I've noticed now is the running total. It keeps it keeps all of the cases that there have been total, and doesn't account for the fact that a good portion of them have been, you know, 
I don't know, recovered from. It seems like maybe that would matter. How many of them have been recovered? But instead, we keep this running total of coronavirus. Okay, you didn't hear a single word I just said at all. What's up? What are you laughing about? <laughs> you reminded me of something from Dave Chappelle, but I can't say it. Oh, no. <laughs> I know exactly. What, no, we can't say that. Can't. That's on the uh, explicit <laughs> cancel this podcast. He just... You said we got a lot to talk about today, and I couldn't think of anything else. Oh, and man. So I'm over here dying laughing. <laughs> Dump truck. And you're, and you're going on about all this stuff, and, uh, you know. Those true fans of Dave Chappelle will know exactly where our minds went, <laughs> which is not a proper place for your mind to go. But that's Chappelle's fault, and he's sorry. Yeah, it is. So anyway, this first story. By the way, all you guys out there that refuse to wear your masks... This is what we got to do. We got to stigmatize non-wask marrying. That's what we got to do right now. All those wask marriers. Now, listen, we came out and said, hey, there's a, it's, it's probable that if you wear a mask and you do all the other things properly, like you wear a mask and you also uh, wash your hands, don't touch your face, don't pull down your mask to, to lick your fingers, don't take off your mask so is you can like talk to people. like a personal recommendation? Yes, uh, don't take off your mask so you can talk to people when you're right next to them, things like that. And you still practice all the proper things that keep you a clean person. Well, then wearing a mask, probably better for society than not, although there are conflicting studies. So we've said my, my stance on it has been I would love to see libertarians voluntarily wearing masks so we can prove the point that we don't need to be coerced by government all the time to do good things. Mm -hmm. And if it is in fact a good thing, that's the problem. No one knows. No one really knows at all. We'll figure it out someday. Who knows? So what we did talk about was the fact that uh, like a cloth, pulling your shirt over your face, it's almost the same as not doing anything. It's, it's right next to not doing anything. And it's closer to not doing anything than it is to doing something. So it's, it's not like a, this nice exponential effect that it has the the particles of the virus are insanely small like i mean i can't even show you how small they are because this camera didn't come equipped with a microscope so i cannot show you how small they are so a, a, a shirt over your mouth just don't do anything just what just a sweatshirt's don't. better a sweatshirt is it those yeah. seem like you can pull like you can look through them do and like even, see light coming through do you, you listen know? to our episodes no no, I just read whatever's on the teleprompter. Go back and listen to <laughs> about two weeks ago when yeah. we covered the study of the masks. Okay, so anyway. And sweatshirt was in there. This is what it we're hearing like 25%. now. It was 25%. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Sweatshirt was like 25%. T-shirt was now, like that part, 5%. That part of the study was obviously bought and paid for by Big Sweatshirt. By that's, that's Champion. Who, yeah, that's who put that in there. <laughs> for sure. Bought so, and paid for by Nike. So if, you're, if you haven't been wearing a mask, well, consider this. Narcissists and psychopaths are more likely to refuse to wear masks, says new research. Ooh. Just, so any, if, this is what the media does. <laughs> it's just anything you don't like, you just label them something bad. Yeah, yeah. Like Trump's a racist. <laughs> you can, he can't be president. You can't stand by this guy because he's a racist. This is, I mean. And it, then if they want to, no matter what they do, they just call themselves something good like anti-fascist. Yeah. Or Antifa, and so now you can't say anything. They just late. It's all these labelings. So now I think you should. I think you should still wear a mask. It's something simple and easy to do. However, the problem is if this, you're a psychopath, you don't care about what we're about to say. Right, exactly. <laughs> <at all. laughs> 
And that's a, well, that is kind of the funny thing too, because now I guess if you stigmatize it to the point where literally, because I think one of the the bigger fears of a psychopath or a narcissist or um, something that I hadn't even looked up before, Machiavellian. Uh, it would be being find, found out that yeah. you're not just a normal person, that you're actually putting on the front all the time. And, and so, those type of people invented the Macarena. Exactly, the Machiavellians. Yeah. The Machiavellians yeah, invented the, the Macarena. Yes, we yeah. shortened it down. So, <laughs> those are the words, yeah. yeah something uh, like that. So from Newsweek, two recent studies looked at the relationship between personality traits and reactions to restrictions put in place to slow the spread of coronavirus COVID-19. Researchers found that people possessing so-called dark triad traits, narcissism, psychopathy, and Machiavellianism, were less likely to comply with restrictions or engage in preventative measures against the pandemic, and they also thought that taxation was theft. <laughs> now, how long in. did you practice Machiavellianism? Oh, I read it probably... 10 times I was like, how do I, how do I sound this out? First I was like, Machiavellianism. And I was like, Machiavellianism. And then I was like, maybe it's a hard, it's like a K sound. Like a mock, like like a mock four. Like mock. And I was like, Machia, villainism, Vellian. I was like, oh, Machiavellian. I've heard that word before. Machiavellian. And that's basically what went through my mind when I was trying to figure out how to say that. So, however, researchers well, also... tell all the fine folks what it means, because I guarantee oh. you, most you're the one who knows just about everything there is to know, yes. and I know more than you, but most people <laughs> out there... Why do you want there, me to tell them, then? Most people out there don't know much. The only I'm reason... Not, well, that, no, let me take that back. They probably don't know what that word means, so yeah. help them out. Because I didn't know what the word meant, and if I didn't know what it meant then there's yeah. little to no chance that anyone else did. <laughs> no. So I, Not that you are one. No. <laughs> so I was going to tell you, but I was afraid it would make me look bad. <laughs> so I didn't want to be labeled. Yeah. So I looked it up and I, I was, because I started reading about what Machiavellianism was and I was reading it and I was like, oh, it sounds like a narcissist to me. And so there's a, a, a big difference. It turns out... <laughs> It's the narcissist. <laughs> it's like the top dog right. of narcissists. Yeah. It's, it's like an alpha. It's narcissist. a very smart narcissist right. is what it is. So the the main traits are that you're going to uh, you're going to do what you can to further your own goals, which is what everyone does, but the the big difference is that you will use lies and deceit and manipulation not just like good manipulation, like where you try to manipulate your communist brother into becoming a libertarian, not like the good kind of manipulation, but but manipulation where you can actually destroy other people. Malevol- Malev- malevolence. Yes. Yes. Or uh, or male violence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, anyway. Same thing. So, so the difference with Machiavellianism is that it's a more long-term approach for a narcissist, and where a narcissist would be a little bit more emotional, a little bit quicker to anger, and might act out, and might have these temper tantrums and things like that, while a Machiavellian is someone who can hold their anger, and they can take something not going their way. They got like and a they, 50-year plan. Yeah, and they keep playing <laughs> the extremely long-term goal. And you guys... I mean, you'll never know when these people are around you until it's too late, okay? But the number one thing you can look for is do they wear a mask? Right. That's, so now you know. But now that we're going to stigmatize it 
then these people might start wearing masks. So now they're going to be hidden once again in plain sight. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to this. Both studies, which combined survey more than a thousand people in Poland, <sighs> skewed data, were published, <laughs> in the, were published in the peer-reviewed academic journal of personality and individual differences. In adaptive and... Mal, how do you maladaptive. maladaptive behavior during the COVID nineteen pandemic? The role of dark triad traits, collective narcissism, and health benefits beliefs. That's not benefits. <laughs> beliefs. Researchers Polish name and Polish name of the <laughs> SWPS University of Social Sciences and Humanities in Poland, along with co-authors at other universities, surveyed seven hundred fifty five people between the ages of eighteen and seventy eight. So they nailed it for all the entire population of Earth. Yeah. Nailed uh, it. During the during the four, third and fourth weeks of government pandemic restrictions is when they were doing the study. The study used a combination of existing diagnostic tools for evaluating dark triad traits and a health belief scale modified to evaluate, evaluate people's perceptions regarding the severity of and their susceptibility to COVID-19. Finally, the researchers asked questions to determine how likely participants were on a one to four scale to definitely not or definitely yes engage in both preventative measures like decontamination and hoarding measures like stockpiling food. <laughs> respondents demonstrating dark triad traits, so-called because of their malevolent or dark qualities, correlate with more crime, less compassion, and dangerous leadership qualities. We're more likely to hoard and less likely to take preventative measures. People with dark triad traits more often believe they were highly susceptible to the virus, while also believing less in the efficacy of their own actions, qualities that partially explain their reluctance to take preventative measures like frequent hand washing and limiting non-necessary trips outside the home. So, uh, participants higher on the dark triad traits seem to be concerned with negative aspects of prevention and not consider the benefits of it, the researchers wrote. Hmm. Yeah. So, the... This is the interesting part. Now, a lot of this is probably true, but they're going to come to the point, which you will always do at the end of an article, where they will mention, oh, by the way, this is a correlation, not a causation issue. So correlation and causation, does does being a psychopath cause you to not wear a mask? Or, or if you look at someone not wearing a mask, is there a good chance that maybe they're a psychopath or or any of these other cool words? Or is it just a correlation issue where psychopaths don't wear masks, therefore the high percentage of psychopaths that you survey are going to be people who don't wear masks? It would be psychopaths also mm. don't wear masks. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like they don't wear masks too. So this is what they got into at the end of it. However, the study also found that individual perceptions of the coronavirus pandemic situation accounted for most of the variants. Weird. Using certain statistical methods, individual personality traits became almost negligible in measuring responses. But don't worry, but, we could still write the headline. Yeah, that's so. This is the. This is why I put the article in here, because the headline says. Your voice got so high, you were getting so I angry. Know, I was about to. I was about to jump out the window oh, real quick. Oh boy, this made me so mad. <laughs> oh boy. So, the headline says that narcissists and psychopaths are more are more likely to not wear masks but then at the end of the article they say using certain statistical methods individual personality traits became almost negligible in measuring responses basically zero <laughs> whilst while perception of the situation more substantially predicted the likelihood of complying with restrictions like face masks and social distancing mandates 
So according to the study's authors, this suggests that COVID-19 served as a strong situation driving compliance more than personality. So while both studies validate inferences from dark triad traits, such as the hypothesis that Machiavellianism and its power-seeking cynicism may lead to rejection of government coronavirus restrictions as a challenge to the individual's illusion of power, the findings presented in this paper suggest that people's individual understanding of the pa pandemic reality outside of themselves is more consequential than the personality traits they already possess. So, basically, that whole t entire thing the, said... <laughs> While we see some correlation, yeah. it's a bunch of hogwash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally. They spell it out it says, right there. Here's all the correlation, but actually it's this. It means nothing. And here's what it actually is. <laughs> if you think that all the stuff you're being fed by the media or the government is a bunch of BS, then you're likely to not follow what a lot of the government guidelines are. Now, you might, maybe if you are a narcissist or Machiavellian or whatever, you might be more likely to distrust the government or not like that power. That's it's possible. Maybe maybe a psychopath and stuff. Maybe there's a high percentage of them that are libertarians or anarchists. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something like that. But it doesn't mean that that is some type of a causation, or that you can look at someone who isn't wearing a mask and infer that they might be a psychopath. Which is what the beginning of the article wants you to is, believe is wanting mainly the headline because no one reads what we just did is something that 98% of people do not do, which is read the right. article. And 99, 99.9% .9 don't get to the paragraphs that I just finished reading you. And so no one's going to read that. They're going to see the headline and they're going to conjure up this idea in their head that when they see someone who isn't wearing a mask, well, they're probably a psychopath or a narcissist. Oh, by the way, I also happen to see that they vote Republican or that they vote Libertarian. Or they then, own guns. They, or they own guns. And then your brain starts drawing all of these little neuropathways about how, ooh, all this stuff connects. Yeah, Republicans, Libertarians, gun owners, people who don't like the governor, the governor, the government, probably the governor too. Well, they're actually psychopaths. They're actually narcissists. Yeah. That and I get it now. We can't listen to a word these people say. Boom. We painted we painted that's, them with the wrong brush. That's what you that's what you eventually get to, and that is what the article is trying to lead you. Well, it also down. It, it also is trying to enforce compliance. Yeah, because it even said here the individual's illusion of power. It's like, excuse me, but doesn't the government derive its just powers from the consent of the governed? Which means who holds the power? It, it would be the individuals, be the, the governor. <laughs> That's who it is. No, yeah. it'd be the individuals. Okay. I got it. So this, I mean, America is predicated on the idea of individual power. So are you saying America herself Ooh. is a Machiavellian? <laughs> that is, I mean, that's probably what we're being led down to believe. That's not the immediate thing your mind's going to go to. You'll attach it to some person that you see at the dollar store or something like that. But down deep in your brain and in your heart, you're going to develop this mindset that, oh, well, I get it. Thomas Jefferson was a psychopath. Yeah. I can't listen to a single word that any, any of these people have to say. It was written by a bunch, of, a bunch of terrible, malevolent psychopaths. So anyway, yeah, that's what you're looking at. There and you they, have it. They've got to do this. They have to do this because this is just another thing on the list of destroying the ability to have an argument with someone or a conversation with someone about the efficacy about any of these ideas, because once you shut off and say, 
well, people who believe that are psychopaths. Well, why would you have a conversation with that person about what's best for society? They're obviously just trying to manipulate you right. and deceive you. Yep. And so now there's no reason to even talk. See ya. This stuff is so funny. Yeah. What a great article. <laughs> it was good. <clears throat> it was good. Uh, we got to do our, our uh, Daily Musk, by the way. And this one, this one unpacks about three different topics you know, that are Mu not just about billionaire wealth, by the way. I brought Musk back Thursday. It's you been brought a, him it, back? It had been a while since we talked about him. Oh, true. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if you guys saw Tesla or not, but that uh, stock just, that stonk exploded. And um, he made short shorts for all the shorties on Tesla. It's hilarious. And uh, anyway, so this coming from The Observer, Elon Musk. Let me make sure... <laughs> This is so ridiculous. They have to put this in here. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk, who made $2 billion this week. He did not. No, he made it. No. It's in the headline. Oh, okay. He Sorry. made it. Yeah. yeah. Opposes more stimulus for the unemployed. <laughs> Imagine that. Another billionaire just this guy trampling who, on the who, downtrodden. Who made $2 billion in one week is opposed to helping the poor. <laughs> That's what that's what the headline says. Like, of course he is. Yeah, there yeah. you go. He just leaves him in the trenches taking grenades. <laughs> if you remember what Elon Musk said about coronavirus in the pandemic's early days, including his dead wrong prediction that the U.S. would be free of COVID-19 cases by the end of April, you should probably think twice before taking him seriously on the pan other pandemic related issues. But when the Tesla CEO talks, the Internet listens in a. Spontaneous tweet storm seen by his 37 million followers Friday morning, Musk spoke his mind on the heated debate in Washington over a second coronavirus relief bill. Quote, another government stimulus package is not in the best interest of people, in my opinion, the billionaire said bluntly. By the way, this is not, they said you should think twice before taking him seriously on other pandemic related issues. This is not a pandemic related issue. This is an economics issue. And perhaps if you're mentioning that this guy made $2 billion this week, you should think when he talks about things that have to do with economics, yeah. potentially. I'm not saying that he's right about everything because here in a minute, he's going to talk about how what we need is a universal basic income. Even though he was just on Joe Rogan saying that that wasn't the way to go because if you don't make any stuff, there won't be any stuff. He literally said that. He, he killed the argument for it, but he had to make sure that he stays on the right side here. It's so the government who lost about $14 trillion over the last couple months... Maybe you should not listen to them and listen to the guy who's made some money. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't actually make the money. It's not like he's sitting on $2 billion under his mattress or something. No, he's not. What, That'd be a big mattress. And they don't mention how we made the money. This We've seen the same money accounted for like 50 times now, by the way. Right. And so when they announced that they were going to make the plan that allowed him to do this $2 billion, they said Musk just got a $2 billion payday. And then when he achieves the goal, which was a, a rolling average, 150-day rolling average of a net worth for Tesla above a certain, I can't remember what it was. 100 billion, I think. Um, when he achieved that, Evaluation of they say, billion. well, Elon Musk just got paid $2 billion. And then they, so they keep running the same articles all the time. And I guarantee you, when he finally cashes out this stock, which he has not done, there'll be another article about how Elon Musk just made $2 billion this week. And they keep accounting for the same money over and over again. They've this guy's been talking a multi-trillionaire. Literally, we've been talking about this same two billion dollars for the last year on the podcast. <laughs> literally, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Uh, unsurprisingly, <laughs> the comments drew instant controversy on Twitter. While some applauded his anti-anti-establishment sentiment. 
Quote, exactly. No more nursing off the government. More money printing is going to lead to hyperinflation soon. Uh, uh, replied a Twitter user. Others quickly took notice of the irony that Musk's own business empire has taken billions of dollars in government subsidies. Just this month, Tesla struck a tax break deal. God, uh, I know that's why the article's in here. <laughs> Jesus. Just this month. Listen to all the billions of dollars in subsidies, government, uh, government subsidies that Tesla has received. Tesla struck a tax break deal worth $64 million in Texas to build a new factory in Austin. The billionaire has also made a massive fortune for himself during the pandemic. Thanks to Tesla's soaring stock and his equity bonus payments that he hasn't even been paid yet because it's in the form of a stock option. What they, what they do is they give him the option to purchase however many shares of Tesla at a price of $350. And the number you always get is what if he did that today and cashed them out today? What would that be worth? That does not mean that he's actually done it. it I'm sure he has been purchasing shares of it at 350, which his options are allowing him to do, but he can't just go sell it because if he tries to sell that, he's gonna trigger a massive sell-off in Tesla's stock and he'll completely wipe out his whole earnings. Te I mean, the 350 that he got in the option is what Tesla's stock price started off at like six months ago. It can easily fall back down to that. Right. And this could be completely worthless. Not even that. It was in March. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, literally a few months ago, this is what Tesla's stock price was. If it falls back down to where it was a few months ago, this money that they're talking about doesn't even exist. So that's the first part. And then what about the, the, the subsidies that he's received? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> that's the crazy part to me. So they, they talk about how people are quickly taking notice of the irony that Musk's own business empire has taken billions of dollars in government subsidies. Now, they have received some subsidies, I'm sure. They took all kinds of loans and things like that, which they paid back, which is good. That's about one of the best. Well, honestly, it was a Almost uh, the most efficiently some of your money has been used, by the way, was, the loaning, was loaning some of it to Elon Musk and getting it paid back with interest. <laughs> that was about... In a shorter amount of time than the terms. Yeah. So the other thing is, they. I don't like the idea of uh, equivalating... Is that a word? Equivalating? Equivalitating. Equivalitation. Yeah. Make it a word. Subsidies and tax breaks. Now, I know that those are the same things. And so the idea here is that if he wouldn't have got the tax break deal, then he would have ended up paying another $64 million in taxes for this factory that's being built in, in Texas. In Austin. <clears throat> now, people will call this corporate welfare. And a lot of people on the libertarian, even the libertarian side of the argument, all the sides will come out against this tax break deal. I think we are one of the few people out there that will talk into a microphone talking about how I do not care about the $64 million deal that they got as a tax break at all. In the same way that if I somehow got the government to, to charge me 10% taxes instead of 20% taxes next year, I don't consider that a subsidy. I consider it that they stole less money from me. Now, the, the obvious first argument is that, well, it's unfair because other people have to pay the full tax amount and he ends up getting to go out there and use his clout to not, to not have to do it. And that's true. But the unfair part is not that Musk was able to do that. 
The unfair part is that the government steals money from us in the first place. Mm -hmm. So I do not like directing anger towards people like Musk who were able to work themselves into a tax break. I am jealous that they were able to do that. We should extend that break to all kinds of people. I want the break to go to everyone, but my answer will never be that Tesla should have paid more taxes this year. That will never, ever be my answer. And if they were able to achieve some type of a break, which what they do is cities obviously will do things like this to try and attract businesses to come to their town. And more than likely, it's going to pay for itself. I don't I don't really think that's going to be a thing. Uh, They'll do that to try and attract businesses and people do it with Amazon. They do it with all kinds of big businesses trying to get them to come there. I don't consider that. Well, and it's weird how the Democrats in those cities and states have no problem voting for that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But on fine. a national scale, they'll they'll speak out against it. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is so awful. Like Nashville, we got Amazon to come in. Equating. Thank you, Maurice. Yeah. Equivalating is not the equivalent to equating. It's, yeah. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Equivalating doesn't exist. It's a verb. Yeah. And uh, I'll spell it for you. All right. Sorry. Keep on. All right. To be clear, Musk isn't entirely opposed to the idea of giving people free money in time of a crisis. He uh, tweets out um, in his thread here. He says, as a reminder, I'm in favor of universal basic income. He explained in a separate tweet. The goal of government should be to maximize the happiness of the people. That's not true, actually. Given each person, money allows them to decide what meets their needs rather than the blunt tool of legislation, which creates self-serving special interests. Now, I think what he's what he's saying is what Milton Friedman was saying, Mm -hmm. which is if we have a very simple universal basic income and we get rid of all the special interest legislation and uh, appropriations that stuff uh, stuff, the spending bills with all kinds of pork for people's different districts and things like that, then what you're doing is you're reducing the waste, the fraud and the abuse and ultimately ends up saving you money. Yeah. What he's saying is that if you just give people money, then they'll make the decisions on what they want. Right. And that's an argument. And it's definitely an argument we've heard before for UBI. I still can't get behind the UBI. And in fact, I would say up until a few months ago, I would make the same Milton Friedman argument about how I would take it rather than the system that we have right now. Uh, until I read this really good article from fee.org, which everyone should look at, saying that, yes, UBI makes welfare more efficient. And that's a bad thing, dummy, as was the title of the article. <laughs> like, oh, we should, we should have UBI because it makes welfare more efficient. And they're like, you don't want welfare to be more efficient. You don't want it to be easier for people to not do something and receive value in return for it. Right. So that, you know, is a pretty valid argument. And when I think about it down those lines, the argument they're making is it should be as hard as possible and the system should suck as much as it possibly can. So people will be forced to try and find some other kind of way to make money. Because if you make it as easy and as fast as possible to get free money in quotation marks into the hands of people, then that's going to streamline the welfare system, which is something that you don't want. You don't want a streamlined welfare system. But then the question becomes is like, if the government is going to spend the money anyway, yeah, if they're going to spend it anyway, what isn't it better in more productive hands rather than just being wasted through the government pipeline? I, I get that. I think the argument they're making is that it 
it takes away you would incentivize more welfare it takes away this need that we have to try and get out of the system and and make a better system because you streamline the the act of not doing anything and receiving something yeah. in return for it you're separating people's backs from the wall yes yeah so they're close to the wall but they're not like up against yes. the wall yeah yeah wall yep. bags the second federal coronavirus relief package under discussion right now does include a direct payment to most Americans like the CARES Act passed in March. But the majority of the rescue funds will be directed to small businesses, local governments and increased unemployment benefits. Democrats in the House of Representatives passed a stimulus bill in May dubbed the Heroes Act. Jesus, the heroes. way they come up with this thing. I know that's heroes. Heroes. How can you be opposed to heroes? How could you be opposed to the? Yeah, it's <laughs> unpatriotic of you. That would continue to give unemployed workers an extra $600 a week. Republicans have discussed a much less generous package at about $100 a week. You're losing 500%. Stimulus packages are jammed uh, to gills with special interest earmarks, Musk said in a Friday tweet. <clears throat> if we do a stimulus at all, it should just be direct payments to consumers. Mm. Of course, we disagree with that as well. Yeah, that that's no. Yeah, that's not that's not good. I think maybe and it doesn't explain how he made two billion dollars this week at all in this article. I think. No, it doesn't. Which is hilarious. I think maybe Musk has been reading a little bit too much Milton Keynes. <laughs> <laughs> the great the great economist Milton. Keynes. So what Wes said, and I wanted to address this one more time, he said, isn't the free market based on equal fairness? I agree. No taxes is best, but we do have taxes. Shouldn't they be flat rate across the board? And so that is the argument that people will make when we're talking, speaking out against corporate welfare. And I, so on a principle right there, I totally agree. They should be flat across the board. And I would like it to be a flat 0% rate. Like that's, that's where I would really like it to be is, is right around there. Um, I, I, however, when I see someone use incentives, say, I will charge you less taxes if you bring your business to our city. I cannot make an argument against someone being charged less taxes. And I know that it is not fair. I know it's not fair to all the other businesses, but it's, it's not Elon Musk's fault. It is the government's fault that the system exists in the first place. And I would take advantage of that as much as possible. We've always likened it to taxation is a prison that we are all in. Just say that we're in a, say we're in unfairly, in, we're unfairly. All unfairly in the prison. We are in an internment camp somewhere. We're Japanese and the president is FDR and we're all in a camp together. And we see someone that squeezes underneath the fence and they, they just barely get out of there, rips off their shirt and their pants on the way out. But there they, there they go taken off towards the trees and naked, naked, just streaking to the trees right there. Okay, so imagine this in your mind, a, a naked Asian running towards the trees. Oh, picture or picture him like Will Ferrell. Yeah, what, that, would, that would work too. And so the... Because everybody's doing it. Anyway, we're, we're getting away from the point here. <laughs> so the person squeezes out of the fence. They find this little gap in the fence and they, and they go to it and they squeeze out and they run towards the trees. So me, as someone who is in the prison, what am I to do? Am I to say, oh my God, I'm so glad that my friend just made it out. Uh, please bring back some help and get me out of here. Please do what you can to help me get out of here as well or make my life better in some kind of way. Or am I supposed to go to the guards and say, hey, uh, load up that guy's running towards the trees over there. 
And which one of those it's is not right? fair? It's not fair that that guy got out and I. We're didn't. all still stuck in here. We, I'm stuck, and that guy was small enough that he could make it through that little crack in the gates right there, and he's running towards the trees. Is the answer to go up to the guard tower and tell them to shoot the guy running towards the trees? Because what that guy is doing is unfair. No, it's not. It's not unfair. The answer is everyone should be able to break free from the tax prison. The answer is we shouldn't. Or the tax camp. The answer is we shouldn't be in the prison. Or as and, Sam says, what you should do is yell out, help me, Oprah Winifrey. Help me, Tom Cruise. Get the evil witchcraft taxation off of me. <laughs> and so the other part, by the way, that I've gone, that I don't think we've talked about before, it is a free market. And so what I've decided in my mind is that I want to create a business that is powerful enough that in the free market of getting away from taxation, that I will have enough jobs and enough business and enough capital that I can demand of a government that they don't tax me. So I come there. And so I create in my mind this free market of business leverage over the government where some businesses, well, they don't have that leverage and they get charged with everyone else gets charged or someone else who has built up the leverage because they have so many employees or they're such high worth that they can go to them and they can say, hey, either you do this or I'm not coming there. And in my mind, that's almost like a, that's almost like a free market road out of taxation. And I know it's not fair. I'm not saying that that's right. an amazingly principled thing that's ever existed, but I cannot make an argument that says that I don't think Elon Musk should have gotten a tax break, that the answer is that Elon Musk should have paid more money in taxes because being against that is what you're saying. I think the answer to this is that Elon Musk should have paid more in taxes. Well, and, and I can't do it. And really, I mean, the people hold the ultimate power, like I said. So why aren't we voting in politicians that would lower taxes for everyone and lower spending and lower government power to where, I mean, government power shouldn't exist in a way that would allow Tesla and Amazon and giant companies like this to get these kind of tax breaks yeah, because the power wouldn't be there for them to buy. So, so that's the real solution. We can't be talk. We can't talk about band-aids. We can't, or, or talk about what's unfair. It, and another good analogy I would say is if um, you have, you know, you have two kids and they both have the same toy and one of them, you know, breaks their toy. It, you don't go to the kid who still has a good toy and break his to make it fair. Do yeah. you? No. Then you have, you know, it's like, oh, well, it's equal now. Sorry. <laughs> I had to break yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you help the kid fix his. <laughs> I know. That's, that's what you do. It's just, let's keep making analogies that are ridiculous. Really <laughs> so, so the government takes an action against you that is, that is uh, coercive and forceful. Well, what they do is uh, the government goes out onto a onto a basketball court and they they break the legs of several people out there and then they don't break one guy's leg. Now, are you mad at the government for breaking the guy's legs or are you going to make the argument that they should have broke that guy's leg, too? Which which one are you going to do? Yeah. So I got another one for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> analogy session over. <laughs> we can come up with analogies for days. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll make a new podcast called Anal Analogizing. <laughs> Analogery. Yeah. All right. But guys, real quick, we got to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. If, listen, if for some reason you're not quite as happy, you're not finding as much meaning in your life as you should be, if you think that there's something in your way of that, it's not wrong to seek out some help or to seek out someone to talk to. 
I've done this before. Charlie, if you don't mind me saying, has done this before. Yeah, I have. It was one yeah. of the it was one of the better decisions I've ever made. And I've got I still carry the words that that person told me in my mind every single day. So you have it on a, a note in your wallet. Yes. And it's right there. <laughs> and when I'm feeling down, I pull it out and I look at it. I'm like, uh, huh, how about that? No, but BetterHelp is this really cool website slash app you can get on. And what they'll do is they'll connect you with with someone with someone to talk to. It doesn't matter what you're going through. They're going to connect you with an, with an actual counselor, whether you're going through depression or anxiety or, or any kind of stuff like that. So they'll match you with someone. You go through this list of questions and you answer all the questions real quick and they find someone that matches you. They'll ask, you know, what, what your sex is and what your, like all these kinds of questions and who you would prefer to talk to. And it's not like they just start badging you or anything. Like you can text them, you can message them on the app, you can email back and forth, you can do phone calls. There's all kinds of cool stuff that you can do uh, by by going to BetterHelp. So, Charlie, and I would I, say especially during the season because, well, obviously with a pandemic going on, it's you know it, the more you can avoid other people, the better. Yeah, and everything can be done online now through technology, and so BetterHelp has done a really good job at providing. Uh, counseling services for you basically online or through their app. So you can go to better help. That's better H E L P. It's not health. It's better help.com slash G M L that's better help.com slash G M L and sign up to, uh, to talk to someone. I think it's very important. And, and I think even during this time, not only not uh, physically going out to see a counselor, but also because I'm sure this time has taken a mental toll, a uh, mental health toll on a lot of people oh, yeah, as it has for me. Sure. So one I, of the questions was, have you been affected by the, uh, by the COVID pandemic? Right. Like, like mentally, maybe, maybe you lost your job. Yeah. Maybe you're feeling depressed about that. Are you maybe, stressed? Right. You're stressed. Anything like that. It's always good to talk to someone. And it, I think the stigma around the n- mental health needs to go, especially for men. I, th- yeah. I feel like it's been a stigma for men. And I'm here to tell you, I, I really enjoy talking to someone about my problems. Yeah, guys. So, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com, betterhelp.com slash GML to get that discount. What's so, the discount? It's 10%, I believe. 10%. Isn't it? Yeah, 10% off 10%. your first month. Forgot to say that. And it's definitely, just so you know, it's much more affordable than actually going into an office right. and talking to someone. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's a way better deal. Trust me, I've done the price looking and I've paid the price <laughs> for doing this. And let me tell you what, it's a much better option. So <laughs> so this from Fox Business, let, let us know what you guys think about that. You guys are cracking me up. This is the real Fox, by the way, not Team, fake Fox News. Yeah, this is... This is Fox Business News, the real deal i've never seen anything like it before in my whole life this is the real reporting so this is an interesting conversation here charlie i think i know you'll come down on it but i'm interested to know i know you're gonna come down i'm not i'm not really wondering protest I'm outside with something completely different yeah. now just because you assume you know where i stand protest outside whole foods continue after workers file discrimination lawsuit hmm. so discriminatory actions being taken here by whole foods Protests outside of a Whole Foods in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I played there before. So That's just, right outside of Boston, isn't it? Right outside of Boston, ma'am. Have entered their fourth week after several... He's got in- smack pack. <laughs> packed it. He have packed in- it. He's have- got smack... Don't worry, he's got smack pack. 
protests at Whole Foods have entered their fourth week after several employees who say they were sent home for refusing to take off their Black Lives Matter face masks in June have now filed a federal class action lawsuit against the grocery chain. Oh, God. They said, quote, one month ago, we decided to all wear Black Lives Matter masks after we heard about employees at other stores being sent home for wearing them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that kind of kills it there, doesn't it? (laughs) I mean, imagine your quote. By the way, I mean, imagine you're trying to speak out for the movement here. And he didn't say we all decided to wear Black Lives Matter masks because we were so deeply ingrained with the ideology and we felt so much empathy for everyone's situations and we agree wholeheartedly so much that this is the only mask we want to wear around and we just feel it in our hearts. No, we decided to wear Black Lives Matter masks after we heard that employees at other stores had been sent home for wearing them. <laughs> that was our motivation. There, there you yeah. go. One of the lead organizers of the Whole Foods protests in Cambridge uh Soviarino Frith. Kurt, yeah. <laughs> says Frith. Frith said Sunday said during Saturday's rally, especially with Whole Foods statement on their website that racism has no place here and their donations to Black Lives Matter Foundation, we felt that it was only right that we were allowed to support the movement too. It seems to me that when a company is only willing to outwardly show their support on their website and through donations, it just seems like a marketing technique when they're not willing to embody that support in their employees and their front line. Mm. So it's not, it's first off, it's not enough to put your money where your mouth is. They just want to put their mouths where their mouths are. <laughs> that's that's on, on their mouth. Yes. That's, that's what they want to do. Frith accused. I, I'm going to call him Firth from now on because I don't like saying that. Firth, Piopi. Firth accused Whole Foods, Whole Foods, see, that's what I was worried about, Whole Foods management of being afraid of losing customers <laughs> if they allow employees to show solidarity for the movement while working. The Cambridge protesters, along with the organizers of Whole Foods protests in Seattle, Berkeley, California, and Bedford, New Hampshire, have filed a discrimination lawsuit with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and National Labor Relations Board against Whole Foods. According to the lawsuit, the plaintiffs argue that Whole Foods is violating the Civil Rights Act by selectively enforcing its dress code policy to ban employees from wearing Black Lives Matter masks and and related apparel, which has adversely affected black employees. And it has singled out for disfavored treatment advocacy uh, and expression of support for black employees by both black employees and their non-black co-workers who have associated with them and shown support for them through wearing or attempting to wear the Black Lives Matter masks at work. Where exactly are they violating any civil? Are they, are they forcing? Are they saying that only black people can't wear those masks? Are they saying I, everybody can't wear the masks? It was actually the person I saw happened to be white. But oh, yeah. So mm. they, we do need to, um, you know, that's uh, maybe that's important these days. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't pay attention to colors, which makes me racist. <laughs> the lawsuit also alleges that Whole Foods has taken retaliatory action against employees for refusing to remove their masks, including sending employees home without pay. <laughs> retaliatory actions. The actions of Whole Foods against employees are not only illegal, but shameful, the lead attorney for the plaintiffs, Shannon Liz Riordan, said in a press release. These essential workers have been asked to put their health and risk during, at risk during this pandemic, and they have done so. Whole Foods' decision to selectively and arbitrarily enforce its dress code to specifically suppress the message that Black Lives Matter paints a picture about what the company values, and that picture is not pretty. (laughs) 
Uh, they, this garbage. I know, it's insane. It's so ridiculous. Um, they went on to say, it's disappointing to me to see the Whole Foods not only not standing up for black lives, <laughs> but threatening our jobs and our livelihoods and our incomes for doing so. And so let's keep fighting and keep showing that this isn't going to go away until they do the right thing. Never mind that we decided to start wearing them because other employees were getting sent home from other stores. Yeah. No, we really care about Black Lives yeah, Matter. That's the most important part. Right. We literally wore the mask because we heard other people were being sent home for wearing them. Right. And I really wanted to go home. You're right. <laughs> like, and then I thought maybe I could file a lawsuit. Yeah. So <laughs> this lawyer came up to me and said, hey. I'm putting together a lawsuit. You want to why sign your name to it. Why don't you wear a mask and see if you get sent home? <laughs> and that's one of the things that they've talked about um, an, an epidemic of lawsuits from this thing. Because now anyone who wants to join in this class action lawsuit can simply go to Whole Foods wearing a mask today. This is Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And then they can get their name added to the lawsuit. It's it's pretty crazy. Just take a Sharpie and put BLM on your there you medical go. mask. <laughs> a spokesperson for Whole Foods told Fox Business in a statement that while the company cannot comment on pending litigation, I'm going to comment on pending litigation. <laughs> they said it is critical to clarify that no team members have been terminated for wearing Black Lives Matter face masks or apparel. Uh, Savannah Kinzer, which is the, the, main, the main girl here, was separated from the company for repeatedly violating our time and attendance policy by not working her assigned shifts, reporting late for work multiple times in the past nine days, and choosing to leave during her scheduled shifts. The spokesperson added, It is simply untrue that she was separated from the company for wearing a Black Lives Matter face mask. As an employer, we must uphold our policies in an equitable and consistent manner. Savannah had full understanding of our policies and was given a number of opportunities to comply. Mm. In addition, Whole Foods said that it has zero tolerance for retaliation, that all team members must comply with our longstanding company dress code, which prohibits any visible slogans, messages, logos, or advertising that are not company-related on any article of clothing. So, so that's been a rule for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Now, why do you think a company like Whole Foods would make that kind of rule? You think they made that rule right after this movement was started? No. Or do you think they've always made that rule? Why would a company, just ask yourself, why would a company not want any type of slogan or anything else on employees' clothes, on customer-facing employees? Because they don't want to make any customers mad, is the main reason. As Michael Jordan said, Republicans buy sneakers too. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's what he said. It's, it's like you don't want to alienate anybody trying to come in and give you money. Regardless of your stance on Black Lives Matter, the movement, Black Lives Matter, the organization, whatever your stance is, you're not, you don't want to alienate people trying to come in and give you money. And so this type of rule is a, is literally across the board at almost any corporate or any, or any, any corporation you work for. You know, it doesn't matter whether you work for almost all retail stores. You know, if you, if you, I guarantee if you try to, to wear one of our masks, which that you can get by the way, by going to goodmorningliberty.us slash mask, goodmorningliberty.us slash mask, it says make taxation theft again. If you tried to wear that as a Whole Foods employee, I bet you they would send you home, send you home too. Could we get in on the lawsuit for discrimination? Let's try it. Let's, let's do, we do know it. any Whole Foods employees? <laughs> <laughs> let's try it out. No, but that's. This is what all places do. I mean, you can't you can't even wear branded clothing at most of these places. I mean, imagine uh, just throw it out there. You work at Under Armour and you show up in a Nike shirt to the store. 
Do you think Under Armour is going to be okay with that? No, they're not going to be okay with that because this is a Galdern Under Armour store. Okay. Same thing. If you work at Walmart, they're going to be careful making sure you're not wearing whatever Nike or Under Armour or stuff like that, that are just massive brands because, Hey, we sell champion and starter over here. You need to wear some of ours. Plus we got deals with all these companies where if anyone wears anything, it's going to be a Galdern starter shirt. Okay. So they, they put all this stuff out and then you don't want to make people mad. Just like what Charlie said and what the, the I mean, great players in the said. NFL and basketball, they get fined for putting stuff on their clothes that are not supposed to. Mm-hmm. All these rules exist for a reason. It's because you don't want to alienate any of your customer base. Well, according to this person, it's because Whole Foods doesn't stand with black lives. And that's that's what it is. So, yeah, that's that's what the actual problem even though they is donated to the organization and they came out in support of BLM. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like you are helping BLM by working there, by the way, because you're helping the company make money and the money. The uh, company's donating money to BLM. So it's. I don't, Congratulations, Marxists. Like, why don't why don't you put your Galdern mask down and donate your next paycheck to BLM if you actually want to do something yeah. out there? No, this is just about standing in solidarity because feelings are more important than actual actions, by the way. And so you show out your feel. Here's how I feel about this. You'd never actually want to put your money where your mouth is. That would be way. T- that's for other people to do. That's for Whole Foods to do. You it's know, about that's for rich people to do. It's about standing in solidarity holding hands with the movement and recognizing that black lives matter while also testing the waters and making sure that if you wore this, that they would kick you out too, just mm-hmm. like they did other employees at other stores. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're just mm-hmm. testing out the hypothesis. So, yep. All right. Are we going to end on a good note here? Um, it's kind of a good That's note, a semi good note, semi good note. Yeah. yeah. I guess the outcome might be decent, but the tactics ah. Ah. We'll might see. not be so tasteful. We'll see tasteful tactics (laughs) this coming from cnbc fake news trump signed series of executive orders aimed at lowering drug costs president donald trump on friday signed four executive orders aimed at lowering the high costs of prescription drugs in the united states and what would make sweeping changes to the prescription drug market in the united states if they are finalized industry trade group phrma the pharmaceutical research and manufacturers of america called them a reckless distraction to the COVID-19 pandemic. The orders, which are subject to the regulatory review process, are designed to bring U.S. drug prices at least on par with their cost overseas. Trump said Americans often pay 80% more for prescription drugs than Germany, Canada, and other nations for some of the most expensive medicines. Quote, The four orders I'm signing today will completely restructure the the prescription drug market in terms of pricing and everything else to make those medicines affordable and accessible for all Americans. This is a terrible thing. I don't know even know why I said it was a good thing. No, it's not a good thing. So you like you read the headline, you're like, okay, he's going to remove some regulation. No, no, no. He's just going to enforce more fascist control. He's going to enforce price controls. Right. That's what he's going to do. Yeah. Uh, Under my administration, we're standing up to the lobbyists and special interests and fighting back against a rigged system. Yeah, by rigging the system. By rigging the system. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're not going to take away any of the rigging. We're just adding more. We don't have enough rigging. We, <laughs> That's what we're missing here. I want to rig the system. Yeah. Other people. All the, they are not enough rigging. This is this is a drunk Trump doing they're, this right now. Their rigging is faulty. Yeah. My, I got the best rigging. <laughs> the orders. The first order targets high insulin prices, requiring federal community health centers to pass discounts they receive on the drug and EpiPens directly to patients. 
The president said those providers shouldn't receive those discounts while charging their patients massive full prices. I'm actually okay slightly with this one because it says it's requiring federal community health centers to pass on savings that they're getting on the drugs to the to the patients. Okay, so, so executive order number one. So far. Not bad. So far, yeah. The second order would allow states, pharmacies, and wholesalers to import drugs from Canada where they typically cost less than the U.S., in most circumstances, it is, it is illegal to import medications from other countries for personal use, according to the FDA. I'm fine with number two. So far. Removing restrictions. Mm -hmm. That is some good rigging. Yeah, so Man. far. If if that's what it is. If, yeah. We'll keep, we'll keep going here. The pharma industry <laughs> and regulators have said importing drugs could threaten consumer safety. Hmm. <laughs> Because the same drugs sold in Canada act differently when they're sold in the United States. They do. They do. Yeah. Those are for Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> These weren't built for Americans. <laughs> These drugs were built for the Northerners. These were made for skinny people. <laughs> <laughs> Supporters, including uh, Senator Bernie Sanders, who lies about everything, says importing drugs from other countries would increase competition and substantially lower prices. He's extremely worried about increasing competition. That's one right. of his main things. Yeah. On his campaign, yeah, his campaign <laughs> website says he's all about competition. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. It's the same companies that sell in the multiple countries. A lot of them are, yeah. Yeah, so they're just whatever. And, and why are they why are they cheaper in other countries? Because uh, they mandate price, price control. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so the first two orders not horrible, possibly. The third order is aimed at preventing middlemen, also known as pharmacy benefit managers, from pocketing gigantic discounts. Trump said PHRMA has argued that drug price hikes over the years have been modest and has cited concerns with the nation's rebate system. Alex Azar, secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services, told reporters on a conference call after the signing ceremony that drug companies currently pay about $150 billion in undisclosed kickbacks to middlemen, often in exchange for more favorable insurance coverage for their drugs. Quote, the new rule would require those kickbacks be passed through to our seniors when they walk into the pharmacy, Azar said, adding that it would reduce prescription drug costs for, for seniors by about 26 to 30 percent or 30 or 30 billion dollars a year so are these all your drug reps and all of those yeah. people and you get sales bonuses and those I, types of things i have to push back a little on this one because they're talking about the kickbacks and basically what the middlemen do is they go in and they buy they can do things like buy in bulk or they can strike strike deals with the companies between the companies and the and the medical professionals and and things like that and they take a portion of the savings of the deals that that they're that they're getting and so you know you it looks like a massive cost added into the system and, and it, a lot a lot of it probably is i'm not saying that it's not a really big added cost but you can't assume that if you remove the middlemen that the same cost savings would exist there so if it is in fact that middleman that is responsible for doing that job and they do that job to the extent that they do it to receive those kickbacks and to receive that massive profit, then re removing that profit incentive might also remove the discount on the drugs exactly. in the first place. So that you can't- Well, there's a reason why middlemen exist. Yeah, middlemen have a bad name, but they're actually, they're not always bad. Right. And they exist because they're like, okay, we have a network of people that are is way easier for you to get potential customers. So- 
it's just like Walmart being such a massive company. They have so much clout to get reduced prices from suppliers because they have a massive customer base. And they're saying, hey, we're, we can guarantee you like 10 million sales this year, but we want to pay 50 cents cheaper than what you normally charge for your product. Yeah. And over the long run, you're going to make way more money selling your product cheaper to Walmart than you would trying to sell it on your own probably. And what would happen specifically with Walmart, I know this because my Well, family, Walmart takes a, a risk on it too because they, they have a purchase order. My family was growing produce and selling to Walmart, but they weren't actually selling to Walmart. They were selling to a Walmart supplier. And so Walmart doesn't actually go out there and deal with all the farmers and things like that. What they do is they deal with a company that specializes in dealing with farmers. And they so they speak the language. They speak the language. It's a special language you all got to know. Okay. Hey, man, how many corn nuggets you got? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, what's the language, Nate? I mean, you grew up on a farm. So, so that can, I can't, you wouldn't get it. <laughs> um, I remember working with, uh, what was his Bean. name? Bean. Oh, man, that guy was great. <laughs> I worked on Nate's farm a couple of times, Nate's dad farm. That guy was. So what that company man. will do is that company will go out to the farmer and they will buy from the farmer at a specific price. And then they will upsell that to Walmart and they'll take the spread yeah, <laughs> between exactly. the two of them. Yeah. And, and so that that's what they'll do. Just a broker. It, they're a broker. And, yeah. and that's what they do. Now, this seems like you're adding on a big cost where if Walmart just dealt with the farmer, well, then wouldn't that cost not be there? But then you're not taking into account the potential inefficiency. And this is what Walmart's taking into account, by the way. They're a big enough company. If they thought that it would be cheaper for them to do this, then they would do it. Um, Walmart's taking into account the inefficiency of having to create a whole division of people who go out and deal with the suppliers all the time and making sure that they're getting all those orders met when they can just buy it from this person who deals with all that. Right, because it's probably thousands of farmers. Oh, yeah. So of course. to try to manage all that, I mean, <clears throat> it's just cheaper for them to go through someone else who's going to do that. And it's the same thing with the drug. Like your your doctor's office might not be going to Gilead and trying, or your pharmacy might not be calling Gilead and saying, hey, I need to get some remdesivir, you know, for this much remdesivir. And also I need to get this. And what else do you guys have? That's probably not what they're doing. They're going to deal with someone who supplies things probably from Gilead and probably from from all the other companies too. And that person's taking a, a bit of a cut in the middle. And it might be more efficient that they're doing that whenever there is a middleman. So a middleman is good as long as they're increasing efficiency. And increasing that efficiency can actually lead to lower prices. There's a lot of talk about this in basic economics, by the way, in Thomas Sowell. Uh, there's a lot of potential increased efficiency. So anytime you hear the word middleman, it's not necessarily a bad thing automatically because what they're doing is they're making the assumption that even if the middleman wasn't there, that the same discounts would still exist, but they're not taking into account that that person might be doing that job and achieving that discount where other people might not be able to. And so that that's just where you have to, they've got the network, the connections, yeah. they understand it. Yeah. All of that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. White house meeting, the fourth order, which Trump said he may not need to implement, would allow Medicare to purchase drugs at the same price other countries pay. The order would specifically allow Medicare to implement a so-called international pricing index to bring drug, drug prices in line with what other nations pay. Quote, everyone will get a fair and much lower price, Trump said. Under our ridiculous system, which has been broken for decades, we're not even allowed to negotiate the price of drugs. What 
you shouldn't even be in healthcare at all. Yeah, there's there's where the system anyway, gets ridiculous. Yeah, that's where the rigging starts to fall apart. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> faulty rigging. Yeah, Trump also announced that the U.S. has secured ninety percent of the world's supply of remdesivir, an antiviral drug used to treat COVID nineteen. Earlier this week, the president warned that the coronavirus pandemic in the U.S. will probably get worse before it gets better, and urged the public to wear face masks to help curb the curb the spread of the virus. The pharmaceutical industry immediately pushed back on Trump's proposed rules. Dr. Michelle McMurray Heath, president and CEO of the Biotechnology Innovation Organization, said, quote, adopting foreign price controls by executive fiat will cripple the small innovative companies developing the vaccines and therapies that will help in this pandemic and get the American people back to work. True. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. PHRMA, which uh, is pharma without the A, President and CEO Stephen J. Ubel said Trump was opening the country up for socialized health care. <laughs> Ubel called the changes to drug prices a radical and dangerous policy to set prices based on rates paid in countries that he has labeled as socialists, which will harm patients today and into the future. The administration's proposal today is a reckless, reckless distraction that impedes our ability to respond to the current pandemic and those we could face in the future. Ubel said in a statement, it jeopardizes American leadership that rewards risk taking and innovation and threatens the hope of patients who need better treatments mm-hmm. and cures, which is absolutely 100 percent true. Yeah, because the reason so the reason why drug prices, as Nate mentioned, are so cheap in other countries is because they're regulated through price control. The reason why. Most new medications are made in America before they go out to all these other countries is because there still is as broken as a system is, there still is incentive for these for small companies to start or large companies to take massive risks to innovate and create life changing and life saving medications because the profits can be massive. Now, a lot of times these companies spend hundreds of millions to billions of dollars researching all of this technology and and these miracle drugs and pills and vaccines and whatever else it is they spend so much money and and because there's not price controls in the United States we have not stagnated that that innovation but this could very well stagnate that i mean who wants to start a drug company where you're only going to get paid a certain amount and it's yeah. not even going to cover the cost of what it took you to research and develop that drug. I don't want to. I'm yeah. not interested. And by the way, we can skip on to this exactly what you're just talking about right there. Uh, this is uh, this is an article from Fake Fox News, by the way. Uh, it said the International Pricing Index will effectively impose price controls on prescription drugs under Medicare Part B, and in so doing, dramatically slow medical progress. That will be disastrous for the health of current and future patients. The International Pricing Index is the worst offender in the three executive orders. The index links the prices of U.S. government, the U.S. government pays for prescription drugs to lower prices Britain, France, and Canada, and other developed nations pay for the same drugs. Governments in these countries forcibly cap drug prices. By tying U.S. drug prices to those overseas, President Trump is effectively importing other countries' price controls. Those price controls were the prime pharmaceutical researchers of the revenue needed to fund cutting-edge development of new drugs that could improve and, in some cases, save the lives of millions of patients. Almost two-thirds of all new drugs are produced in the U.S. Read that again. Almost two-thirds of all new drugs are produced in the U.S. But innovation doesn't come easy. 
It takes more than a decade and $2.6 billion on average to bring a drug from the lab to market. What's more, less than 12% of treatments that start clinical trials are ever approved by the FDA. Jesus. For drug companies and their backers to continue funding research and development, they need some level of assurance that their high-risk investments could pay off. President Trump's executive orders render such assurance impossible. Price controls could reduce drug companies' revenue by as much as $1 trillion over a decade. It's insane. So, listen, none of the options that are being presented... I thought it was 10 years and a billion dollars. 10 years and $2.6 billion. That's that's quite a lot. On average. You want to start a drug company? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) I'll kick in a billion. You kick in a billion. We'll get the rest from the government. We'll be fine. So... None of the options that are put in front of us are amazing, by the way, no, because we're 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 trying to choose between the crappy situation we're in right now, which is terrible and not a free market. They've been tweaking and rigging the system for 100 years or this new crappy version of a rigged market that also isn't going to work. And with so more government control with, the, with more government control over the pricing, which leads to shortages. Like Milton Friedman said, if you gave the federal government control over the Sahara Desert in five years, there'd be a shortage of sand. That is that is exactly the truth. And so, well, I don't know if that is literally the truth. I don't know if that's possible, but if anyone was going to do it, it would be them. So we're we're forced to argue in favor of the current policies, which are terrible to fight against new policies, which are even worse. But it sounds like we're like, Oh, the, the drug market's totally fine. What are you talking about? We can't mess up this, uh, this amazing drug market we've got right now. People who listen all the time know that we're not making that argument, but people who maybe are just coming in are, are like, sounds like these guys are saying healthcare isn't a problem. And uh, that's definitely not what we're saying. Healthcare is a major problem. What I would recommend is that we actually get into some type now hear me out here with some type of a free market in the healthcare system. Mm. If we could just try it. Well, you obviously hate sick people. Yeah. That's the yeah. problem. It's like, you know, this is a podcast of analogies. So it's like you're in a boat and your boat is sinking and your answer to stop your boat from sinking is to grab a bucket and add more water. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's like, we don't have enough water in the boat. That's why we're sinking. There's not enough water. Yeah. Let's put more water in. Well, God, I hope it rains. Yeah. We need more water in the boat. That's that's exactly what they're doing is that this entire problem was perpetrated by government interference to begin with, which they don't even have purview to do in the Constitution whatsoever. We've created all these government agencies like the uh, the health and human or uh, health and human services department, whatever it's called. I don't I don't care. <laughs> I don't wish it didn't exist. Health and Human Services, right? Yeah. Then you got the FDA and you've got all these organizations that shouldn't exist. You got Medicare and Medicaid that shouldn't exist. All of these federal programs that the Constitution doesn't give the the government purview to institute anyway. And then because of all of that, the answer is, well, we just don't have enough government to fix the problem government has created. And it's so backwards. It's such so back like how long do we have to keep doing this before someone looks back and says, man, sure doesn't seem like all this government intervention really is working. Maybe we should try not intervening anymore. I don't know if that's going to happen because it will always be blamed on greed and capitalism. Yeah. That's where you get into the mindset of, well, this whole thing's just going to have to completely collapse. (laughs) That's, that's what's just going to have to happen because uh, no other way is is going to fix this. But 
We do have some ideas on how to fix this, and we'll get into we'll those some duct tape on the, another episode. The rigging is getting zip ties. You yeah. use zip ties all the time. If they just maybe if they had a couple zip ties for their rigs, it would <laughs> but, it would be fine. Guys, that's all we got for the podcast today. I think that was a pretty cool conversation overall. It's a great conversation, especially about rigging. <laughs> rigging. All right. Rigging ain't always Who good. Who done it? You don't want to trust the riggers to rig your system for you in an even better rigged way. It's not just like, oh, we forgot to to sign this piece of paper and now the system's going to work amazingly. No, that's not what's going to happen. L- listen. At all. This is on the next t shirt. Rigging ain't good. Rigging ain't good. Rigging ain't good. Rigging ain't man. easy, man. <laughs> All right, guys, so if you're interested to learn how to day trade, go to mastermystonks.com or mastermytrades.com. We go live every single day, and in fact, we're going live throughout the day. We have people watching us take trades live today. Five out of five on the strategy this morning. Uh, Had some people watching, talking back and forth with them. So if you want to learn how to day trade, you can start on the class learning how to read charts, how to use the actual trading system itself, and the strategies that we use every single day. So you can go to mastermytrades.com. And as I said earlier, join the Patreon group, group, the goop too. Join the Patreon goop. Yeah. Because that goop, the group, Yes. It's a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and you want to be involved so you can make fun of me when I say things like that. And uh, it's always a good time to to make fun of Chuck and Nate. So mm-hmm. do that by going to patreon.com slash Liberty. We read pretty much every single comment that comes in while we do the live show. Today's over 133 comments already. So get in on the live group, patreon.com slash Liberty for as little as five bucks a month which you could make by trading one stonk. <laughs> so there's no reason not to get in for uh, Patreon. And then please share the show with a friend. If you found this conversation meaningful, which I know you did, that means that you can take a small uh, portion of your time out of the day. Just take a small portion of it and do it. Uh, take it and then use it to share the show with a friend. Yeah. Or your communist uncle, one or the other. And go to Lions of Liberty, by the way, and listen to our episode that we recorded with them. Oh, yeah. Um, on healthcare. Thursday, we did the episode. It's all about healthcare. So go over to their it's feed. It's a deeper dive. Real deep dive. A whole hour talking healthcare. Yeah. So just Nate and Chuck on Lions of Liberty. Yep. That's Lions of Liberty. So y'all share with the show with a friend. Go check out Lions of Liberty, our episode over there. And then if you do all of that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. <laughs>